0: Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. An overtime win edition of Flyers Daily.
1: Forsberg was there, although I saw a replay of it, it did hit pipe. Out in front, the Flyers score! Oh, Giroux, what a setup From deep behind the goal by Oscar Lindblom. Lindblom sets up Giroux, he's got his 11th of the year, and he's just tied Bill Barber for the second most points in team history. And the Flyers maintain control. Connect, he's kept it wide, they score! Off the bench, the Flyers got an outright point, and Oscar Lindblom, Fires it up over the shoulder of the netminder for a 2-0 Flyers lead. Went to the corner, but Philadelphia maintains control. Farabee headed to foot, they score! Joel Farabee was trying to play it out to the point. Instead it hit something and ends up past goaltender Anton Forsberg. A fluke goal, but the Flyers say, who cares? They've tied it at three. The loose puck bounce right to Atkinson. In front, they score! as the Flyers beat the Ottawa Senators in overtime, 4-3. to three.
0: All right, here we go. It is a Sunday, December 19th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers skate off with a 4-3 overtime win over the Ottawa Senators. Made a little harder than it needed to be, especially after what was a very good first period for the Flyers where they got out to a 2-0 lead. Ottawa came back in the second, two second period goals. Ultimately, Ottawa took the lead in the third period, three to two. But the Flyers, in short order, less than a minute later, got the game tied with Joel Farabee. Welcome back to the lineup to young Beezer. He picked up his eighth goal of the season, and that tied the game back at three. Travis Connecting and Sean Couturier pick up the assist, and eventually, in overtime, minute 35, it was Travis Sanheim who picked up his second goal of the season after Cam Atkinson did some good work down low in front of the net, and the Flyers get the win. Flyers opened the scoring in the first early, got off to a really good start into this game. Played a really good first period. Giroux opened the scoring just 419 in his 11th of the season after a tremendous pass from Oscar Lindblom down low. A backhand, almost blind pass right on Giroux's tape. He puts it in, gives the Flyers the 1-0 lead. 732, and this time it is Lindblom who picks up the goal. His third of the season, Proveroff and Konechny pick up the assist, and the Flyers go up 2-0. But second period, let their foot off the gas a little bit. Ottawa got a little energy. Ottawa got a little confidence. Ottawa got a break with Keith Yandel being way too lackadaisical on a puck on the power play, and they end up tying the game and eventually take that lead, but the Flyers battle back, and they get the two points. Now, one of the interesting things about the Flyers, I've talked about this, about the fact that they are where they are in the standings, and they have wins over quality teams like Edmonton. They've got a win over Boston. They've got a win over Washington on the road. They've got wins over Carolina, Calgary. You're talking about some really high-end teams in the NHL. And another trait they have that is that of a of a good team is that they're 6-1-1 when tied heading into a third period. That's a really good trait to have as a team, that when you're tied, the game's on the line, you can go out and win the period, win the game, and the Flyers have a record of 6-1-1 on the season. They're actually 2-0 on the road in that scenario, and they're 4-1-1 at home in that same scenario. Conversely, when they trail heading into the third period, they've only got one win, 1-7-2 one, and two on the season. The one win came over one of those aforementioned teams, the Carolina Hurricanes. They trailed one nothing heading into that third down in Raleigh, came back in the third period, scored two goals, and won the game 2-1. to one. So these are traits of a good team, but they're also traits when you combine that with the record of a very inconsistent team. That when they're playing well, they can play with some of the best teams in the NHL and play different styles of games. And when they're not playing well, they can lose to some of the worst teams in the league and let their foot off the gas. Let the opponent stay in the game and get in the game and ultimately gain some confidence like we saw on Thursday against the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, they got a point out of that game, uh, but ultimately it was a shootout loss and they squandered an opportunity for an extra standings point, something they cannot afford to do a whole heck of a lot here down the stretch. The second period still has been an issue for the Flyers. That is something they will need to rectify. The intermission in hockey is a great opportunity for a team that didn't get a lot done in the first period to regather themselves, calm things down, make some adjustments, make some tweaks to what you're doing out there, what the coaches are seeing, and a way to to reset the game and you see that so often in the NHL. It's very rare that a team will dominate all three periods, very rare. You're not going to dominate the entirety of all three periods, but you can certainly hold the advantage in each of the three periods. It doesn't happen often, but uh, the Flyers in the second period, it's been the one that's kind of bit them so far this year here, just past the quarter pole of the season. But they come away with a win. You would like to perfect scenario, had this win in regulation, because if you get into a tough situation with tiebreakers, regulation wins are a big part of that. It's not a regulation win, but it is two points in the standings. So what exactly does that do for the standings? It was a busy night in the NHL last night. A lot of games obviously postponed with the COVID outbreak and everything that's going on there. Uh, But the Flyers right now, uh, through 29 games, they have a record of 12-12-5, 12-12-5, and five. they're at Hockey 500, and they now have 29 points. They've played one more game than the Columbus Blue Jackets, but are tied in points with Columbus. Uh, Columbus is in the fifth spot in the Metropolitan Division. The Flyers sit in that sixth spot. Uh, the Penguins are 37 points. They've won six straight games. We'll see the Penguins, presumably this week, should things go according to plan. So where does the wild card situation stand right now? You know, as the fact that the Flyers have had a 10-game winless streak The fact that they've struggled to score for large stretches and the fact that they're only four points back of Wild Card 2 is astounding. The team holding down Wild Card 2, they got a win last night. That's Detroit. They ended up beating the New Jersey Devils. Detroit right now, 33 points. But the Flyers also have two games in hand on Detroit. They've done it in 31 games with 33 points. Flyers 28 games and 29 points. Now, there is a problem in the middle of that because it's the Boston Bruins. Flyers have played two more games than the Bruins. Bruins have played 26, and Flyers are one point back. So pending how those games in hand go, but the Flyers are in the mix. And when you consider the fact that, again, they lost 10 straight games. They went winless in 10 straight games. They lost the last six of those in regulation and got no loser point out of them. And the fact that they are where they are is is maybe a blessing, but they still have a lot of work to do to get their game in order. And Mike Yo, you're going to hear from him in just a couple of moments talking about the elements of their game, what they're trying to accomplish. they got a couple of days off now to be able to, uh, A, tomorrow, regroup, have a day off day, come back Monday for a good practice, a good hard practice, work on some of the strategic elements, some of the philosophical things Mike Yo likes to do. And j- just because Mike Yo was on the staff of Elaine Vigneault doesn't mean he is like-minded in everything that Elaine Vigneault believed. He's his own man. He's his own coach. He has his own belief system. And I think we've seen some changes already, not all of them. And we'll probably see more and more as the season goes on. But we're starting to see some of them. I mean, look no further than Oscar Lindblom when Alain Vigneault was still here being on the fourth line and Mike Yo moving him up to the top line. Now he's got three goals. He had an assist in that game last night too. He's getting his offensive game back. Skilled players need to play with other skilled players. And Oscar Lindblom's not like one of those super skilled guys, but he's a a player that's got great hockey awareness, great hockey sense. He's an underrated distributor of the puck, especially down low, like you saw in the Giroux goal last night. And he's a guy that can win the 50-50 board battles and do those little things right. He's good defensively. And you want to put him on the ice where he's got an opportunity to succeed offensively. And we're seeing that now. His game has really taken a big jump since the coaching change. There's probably no player on the team. Brian Smith was making this point on the post game show last night. There's probably no player on the team that has benefited more than Oscar Lindblom with the philosophical change that Mike Yo has brought to the table. So, That's important, and that's good to get another guy that can contribute, chip in goals, a guy that can set up plays, the guy that can kill penalties, a guy that's responsible defensively, and in this system, he may just thrive in it. So that's great to see, and that's good for the Flyers, no doubt about it. And the other good thing about the game last night is that they got scoring from all over the place. Again, we've talked about the fact that this team offensively has to be a team that is a sum-of-all-parts offensive team. Where you're getting goals from your blue line. Travis Sanheim got the overtime winner. Where you're getting goals from different lines. Joel Farabee got a goal. Oscar Lindblom got a goal. Claude Giroux got a goal. Uh, Couturier and Konechny ended up with assists in this game. You have to be able to spread that scoring around because you don't have a guy that's going to go out and give you 52 goals in a season. It's got to be by committee. And in this game where it wasn't that way in the Montreal game where you got goals in that game by Jackson Cates and by Max Willman and you didn't get goals from the guys, your primary scorers, in this game you got them across the board, and that's a good thing. And when your defense chips in too and can give you goals, that's another element. And Travis Sanheim's been playing really well for the Flyers, probably been their best defenseman over the last couple of weeks. And that pairing with he and Rasmus Verstalinen, has really settled in very nicely, seeing over 22 minutes a night. Rasmus Vrsalainen made a play on a 2-on-1 that was a surefire goal. I believe the game was tied at 2 at that point. It was in the second period. And he breaks up the 2-on-1 and gets a stick on a wide-open opportunity of an Ottawa Senators forward. Those plays are huge. And we know what he brings to the table when it comes to physicality. That part is never in question. He finishes every check he can. He, the details of his game defensively have improved so much. Part of that is he's not playing on a top pair and facing the, the opposition's top line night in and night out. It's a role more suited for him. But the complementary uh, pieces that are he and Travis Sandheim and the way they have come together as a pairing has been very good. And that's a great thing for the Flyers. Now you just need to get Ryan Ellis back to get that top pair where it needs to be. And then you're in a much better situation. Keith Yandel in the game. He's a power play specialist. We know he's not, uh, you know, going to win a Norris or going to be a great defender in the NHL. But I'm sure that the play that he made on the power play in the neutral zone was way too lackadaisical for Mike Yo, and that's one of those plays that it just could have been avoided. And it was a, it, it was a situation where he was too lackadaisical on it, and it led to a tying goal when you had a two nothing lead. That's one of those situations that you hate to see. Good news is is the Flyers did not buckle when Ottawa tied the game, and they did not buckle when Ottawa grabbed the lead in the third period. They got right back out there and got right back after it and tied the game and then eventually won it in overtime. That's progress because a couple weeks ago, in the midst of that 10-game winless streak, those situations were buckling this team. And then they didn't have anything left to push back. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy to find a way to squander a lead and then lose a game. This team is starting to get a little bit of confidence and feel itself a little bit. And the change of messenger and message is having an effect. In their last five games, they're 4-0-1. That's a great thing. They're 4-2-1 and under Mike Yo. Now, granted, his first game was on the second half of a back-to-back, and he was named the coach that morning. That's a tough situation. And then the New Jersey game where they got shut out 3 to nothing, But since then, 4-0-1. Team has gotten, in those five games, 9 out of a possible 10 points. Which is why, going back to what I was talking about earlier with the standings, and they are where they are in regards to the wild card, because they're getting it turned around. Can they continue? This week is a big week. A really big week. Because any progress that you've made when you're playing New Jersey, Montreal, and Ottawa... You're just not quite sure how much progress you've made. But when you have Washington on Tuesday at home, who's tied for the top spot in the Metropolitan Division, and then Thursday in Pittsburgh, who's 1-6 straight, now you get a measuring stick of how far you've progressed to getting the game, your game, team game back to where it needs to be. We'll find that out this week. It's a very important week. Only two games and then the Christmas break. So Wednesday, so Tuesday against Washington, Thursday against The Penguins, Christmas break. Then they'll be back to head out west on that road trip to take on Seattle and San Jose before the calendar year ends. And then it's Los Angeles on the 1st, and they'll wrap up that road trip against a really good Anaheim team off to a great start to this season. And they'll wrap up that five-game road trip in Anaheim on January 4th and return home to take on Pittsburgh and San Jose. But after the game, I had a chance to catch up with one of the goal scorers. He's back in the lineup. Before he went out hurt, he scored in three straight games. Then, in that fourth game, he played about two or three shifts, lost an edge, got injured against the New York Rangers. Came back tonight, got a goal again. It's Joel Farabee. Here's the conversation I had with the Flyers winger after the game. That's right, Joel. Uh, let's talk about this game and and the comeback to grab the two points. Very important for you guys. Uh, I imagine it felt pretty good. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I just think uh, coming in, you know, uh, this team we're playing against—they've been pretty hot. They beat some good teams lately. Uh, you know, we knew it was going to be a battle, and uh, you know, we battled all the way. We went down there in the third and you know, came right back. And to win an OT, you know, that, that one definitely
0: feels good. How did it feel for you to get back in the lineup? I know you, when you came out of the lineup after you lost that edge against the Rangers, you scored in three straight games. You get back in, you get one tonight, but how how tough was it being out and how did it feel to be back?
2: Yeah, it definitely feels good. Just being around the guys, uh, you know, being in the room, uh, doing the the pregame routine, uh, that's what I love to do. So uh, it's definitely great to be back. Uh, You know, legs probably weren't weren't the best, but, uh, you know, got through and, uh, you know, it was a good team win.
0: What was the difference for you guys tonight to be able to to battle back? Because earlier in the season, when things maybe went a little sideways for you guys, you guys had a hard time kind of collecting yourselves. What's been different over the past couple of games? I know you haven't played in the last couple of games, but in your opinion as an observer being around the guys?
2: Yeah, I think just, you know, getting out to a good start. Uh, You know, obviously we go up two. Uh, you know you definitely get a good feel in the room um, you know that, that's huge I, I think last year when we had our struggles it seemed like you know we were giving up the first goal every night so uh, especially at home we, we want to come out with a good start and you know that definitely helped us tonight.
0: Joel last thing for you how much of a distraction is it kind of what's going on around the league and with the, the COVID outbreaks and stuff how, how much can you guys kind of put that out of your mind and take care of what's in front of you?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, all we can focus on is us. Uh, you know, we've been, you know, wearing the masks. Uh, you know, there's lifted protocols, stuff like that. So all we can focus on is us, trying to keep everyone safe. And uh, you know, the the better we do that, the more we can enjoy hockey.
0: Yeah, control the control. Well, congratulations on the win. Congrats on being back in the lineup. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, thank you. Great to hear from Joel Faraby. Great that he's back in the lineup. And you got to wonder, you know, one of the things we look at when we look at pro athletes, does outside things like what's going on with COVID and what's going on around the NHL. How much does it affect the players? And as a player, they try, and that's why I asked Joel the question, you try and just control what you can control and be a professional. But they're also human beings, and sometimes that's easier said than done. But Farabee returns to the lineup, gives the team a very important goal to get the game tied at three, less than a minute after Ottawa gained that three goal lead and scoring three unanswered goals after the Flyers led two nothing after one period of play. So great to see Farabee back. Let's get to the head coach right now. He had a chance to address the media after the game. Here's Mike. Hey here. Mike.
3: Uh, apologize if you guys hear music in the background. They're still playing it out front here, but um, uh, the game winning goal aside, Travis Sanheim has really been um, one of your better defensemen for, for a while now. I mean, I would say maybe the last 15, 12 to 15 games, um, when did you see uh, kind of that, that light switch go on for him and and, and, what, uh, and what has he changed? What has he done different to get out of the way he was playing maybe earlier in the season where he struggled a little
0: bit? Yeah, you know, like I think
3: even in early in the season, things weren't going real well for him and try to always look at the big picture. Um, you know, even tonight, I thought that uh, obviously he gets rewarded with uh, a game winning goal. Um, and uh, and I thought in D zone he w- he was a beast. He was quick. He was aggressive. Um, but uh, there was other times where he made it a little bit more difficult on himself. And on the flip side of that, I thought earlier in the year things weren't necessarily going real well for him. And uh, but he was oftentimes playing good hockey. Uh, I think the thing for Sandy is uh, his skating ability. Uh, what that allows him to do both offensively and defensively. Uh, you know when we talked at the beginning of the year we felt that this was a year that he could bust through as far as uh, you know, he's come into an age in the NHL where he's ready to take another step uh, and he's doing that. It's still a, still a work in progress. He's still a young guy still trying to develop uh, habits and, and, uh, and if our team can play the right way in front of them, then that's the kind of guy that can really capitalize on uh, on what that can do for him.
1: Going into this this game first year is a lot, much, much stronger performance than
3: the first period against the Canadian. What happened in the second period for, uh, it seems like the, the, got put off, the, the foot was no longer pressing on the gas pedal, it just the Yeah, that was, that was, I'll say that that was not part of the plan. Um, you know, obviously I, I felt the, the, that our start was unreal. I mean, uh, you, you look at the way we came out, we were quick, we were aggressive, we were fast, we executed, um, you know, every team's got a game plan. They're gonna dump pucks in, they're gonna to try to play in the offensive zone. We were able to relieve that pressure, bake that, break that pressure and allow ourselves to get, you know, into the offensive zone. Obviously spent a lot of time with the puck in there. <clears throat> I thought that once we got up a couple goals there, uh, probably the last four or five minutes of the period, we started to get a little bit acute, and we started not to manage the puck well. And uh, some of those turnovers led to momentum for them going into the period. We tried to talk about it, address it, and came out right from the first shift. Again, uh, our execution's not quite as sharp, and we just never caught up to it. And the, the thing, you know, the message sort of to the guys after the game is we got to we got to keep building the right habits here. It doesn't matter what the score is, and 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 the reason for that is, you know, when the intensity got cranked up by the other team, uh, when they started to grab the momentum, that's you know that's when your habits really come out, and uh, and you could see that tonight when. When they had the momentum, we had a really tough time getting it back, and uh, and so that's what we're trying to build here. It doesn't matter what the score is. If we're up two nothing, if we're down two nothing, we have to continue to go out and do the things that we're preaching. And and, and again, I think for us as a staff, as long as we continue to show what it looks like when we're doing it and what it looks like when we're not doing it, then uh, then you know I think that we'll get there fairly quickly. Hey, Mike. Um, kind of following up on that, you talked about the the idea of building habits. And you said you think it can happen relatively quickly. I guess my question is, how quickly do you think that can be implemented, um, especially with where you guys sit in the standings? They're trying to make up for lost ground and everything like that. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to put a time frame on it. I've got a vision on my head of you know of what it looks like, and and um, you know I, I there's times where you see a lot of progress, and there's times where what you'd expect where uh, you know it slips and I think that when we we start to see fewer slips, when it starts to see more consistency from game to game, from shift to shift, um, night after night, that's that's when you're kind of gonna know it's there. Um, there's no team that plays perfectly all the time, and uh, uh, but that said, I think the really good teams they stay strong with their their structure, their discipline, um, their mindset, and how they approach the game, and uh, and that's what we're working towards. So again, I th- I feel that like there's been a lot of progress. You know. You know, I think that most people that are watching the game would have a good idea of what we're trying to accomplish, what our team, what we, what we want to look like, you know, the pace that we can play with when we execute the right way, um, you know, how tenacious and uh, difficult we can be to play against when we're playing in the offensive zone, having long shifts, possessing the puck, being strong on the puck. Um, and, uh, and then obviously the times that that's not happening, we have to find a way to get back to our game quickly. So, um, you know, there's parts of the game that we're trying to build, but we're, you know, some of that's habits, but also some of it's mindset that we have to continue to work on.
0: Uh, how pleased were you with the, the response to Ottawa's third goal? It, it seems like you guys didn't press or panic. You just got right back to it.
3: Yeah, Jordan. That's, I mean, that's a good question. That's kind of just to go back to Charlie's question is, is <clears throat> what we're trying to build is, is obviously a game plan. Um, you know, uh, the right habits for the players. We keep talking about that. Uh, but a lot of this game is about attitude too. And uh, and so when the other team's having a push, how do you respond? Uh, you know, if something bad happens in the game, how do you respond? And, and that's something we're still working on. But, um, you know, I, I look at, uh, I know last game, uh, the, the previous game against Montreal, we had, we had a really bad first period. And then the second period was better. And then the third period, even though we gave up a goal, we spent, I think, you know, nine or 10 minutes of that period in the offensive zone. So uh, I, that's the mindset we have to have. We have to, bad things are gonna happen in the game. Uh, you can't feel sorry for yourself, you can't get down. Uh, you have to have that attack mindset, get right back out there, get right to your game. And, uh, and I think it will it'll become easier for our group to do that when we continue to develop confidence in what we're trying to do. Hi, Mike. Um, you guys get Joel Farabee back. Um, obviously he had a very important goal, um, shortly after Ottawa took the lead there, but he kind of seemed to be buzzing from the jump. What did you like about the energy that he was able to bring to the team tonight? Well, Joel, I mean, you know, I talked about it this morning. First of all, he's, he's a young guy, but he doesn't play the game like a young player. That's for sure. He, uh, you know, he plays the game on the right side of the puck, uh, plays the game with, with, with structure that, that allows his teammates to be able to read off on He's He's the kind of guy that other people like to play with because of that. Um, you know, I thought there was a few times where uh, in the neutral zone, he he made some puck plays that we'd like to see uh, be a little bit firmer, a little bit stronger. Uh, that said, he also hasn't been with us for this last two weeks that we've been trying to talk about these things and do these things and practice them. Uh, but, you know, from a coach From a coach's perspective, that's the kind of guy that you want on the ice because of the way he thinks the game, the way that he works. Um, And obviously, he's got offensive ability on top of that. So uh, getting him back was real big for our group.
0: Mike, you alluding to the fact that this team still has work to do to get back to where they need to be, to be a consistent team. And you can't have those lapses in games because sometimes they'll cost you. And right now, they're not in a position from a standings perspective to lose games and get, have them cost them points in the standings. This week, big week, Washington-Pittsburgh. It's a Metropolitan Division week leading up to Christmas. Some measuring stick games for the now resurgent Flyers who are 4-0-1 since their 10-game winless streak. All right, everybody, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you tomorrow and Monday for another brand-new edition of Flyers Daily.